everybody you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is it's real vile time baby it's your host the g to the e to the r to the m the t stands for the but you already knew that i'm about to rip it up in a modern way so it's got to be mr germ t ripper and of course as always i've got my lovely co-host uh it is the prime minister the sinister ruthless chris say what's up to the people in real vile land ruthless hey 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 indeed uh and of course we can't go anywhere without the tower of power the princess of power the killer kelly miller hey tower of the hour <laughs> tower of power is that what you said tower of power <laughs> the tower of power Power of the hour. Tower of the hour. Power of the hour. The Between fourth power, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Between, Hi, the killer, <laughs> Between the killer and the ruthless, we got about four haze, and that's a lot of haze for you. You want to know why there's so many haze tonight? Is because we're celebrating doo -doo -doo -doo, the 37th anniversary of the amazing 1986 classic, cult classic. And you may sit back and you may be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not a horror movie. It's horror adjacent. It's got horror themes. There is horror in it. Uh, it is one of my favorite films, Howard the Duck. I'm clapping. Yeah. I don't care if anybody else's or not. Yay! <laughs> oh my goodness gracious gravy. We're going to be talking about everything Howard the Duck from the writers, the producers, the director. You know, uh, this is a you know uh, this was a big deal when it came out and a big failure but you know i just has spun out of control with his cult following but in the meantime let's see what everybody's been up to hey killer kelly what have you been up to in the past week or so oh i'm actually surprised quite surprised with how fast this week has went um yeah not a whole lot just trying to get my shit organized um we've got a midnight midnight movie marathon going on uh coming up at the the uh king of the kill um counterfeit uh after unsanctioned pro on august 11th i know that was so sloppy <laughs> it's like talk kelly i can't get words out mush mouth sort of night sorry <laughs> that is pretty wild uh yeah severin is showing uh the masked mutilator that's going to be a wild night indeed yeah uh, yeah, are you going to be hosting it? Or are you going to just be uh, enjoying the film with the rest of the crew? Yeah, I'll be hosting it. We've got some, um, Severin gave us some prizes, so we're going to do something to, you know, get some Severin films out to whoever's there and wants to partake. Probably some horror trivia. We'll see what we got going on. It'll be a good time. Sweet. Very exciting news. Uh, Mr. Ruthless Chris, what have you got going on? Uh, aside from uh, what she was talking about with the... Uh... The movie marathon. Um, I did get the box in from Severin. Uh, they gave us a huge stack of uh, DVDs, stickers, um, uh, one sheets, all kinds of stuff. So definitely come check out that raffle. You're gonna you're gonna walk away with something. Um, aside from that, uh, we went and saw a metal show the other day. Went and saw See You Next Tuesday. Yeah, uh, band I really loved. 
a band I really loved when I was growing up, and it was cool to see them back after so many years. Uh, that was fun. And we got Krampus to look forward to at the drive-in this Wednesday for Christmas in July. That is tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Uh, we record on Tuesday, so. Uh, also, if I sound like shit, my computer's having problems, so I'm doing this on my phone today. So bear with us, guys. Uh, I may sound like crap today, but uh, yeah, and then we're going to see Zayo next week. So we got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, as usual, King of the Kill, we're gearing up for that. Mm -hmm. We're only a couple weeks out now, so a bunch of fun stuff going on. How about you, Jerem? What have you been up to? Nothing much. You know, just enjoying some wrestling. I went to the Black Label Pro Show. Uh, that was fun. Saw a lot of great, uh, great workers I'd never seen work live. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, first time, <laughs> first time seeing Puff <laughs> and Crash Jackson, and I've had a crush on both of them for a long time. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Uh, besides getting to see some hotties in their, uh, uh, in their singlets and their tights uh, ken and i had a yard sale where we made a good amount of money if wrestling isn't porn just stop shaking your head at me <laughs> what should it be i have to work with these people dude <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh i don't i just get to enjoy looking at their butts <laughs> um well uh let's get this terror train on the tracks and talk about what movies we've been watching lately um Ruthless Chris, what have you been watching? So I'm going to go off the cuff on this one. Like I said, I'm using my phone, so I can't really look at my notes. Uh, this one I watched on Tubi. Um, it was called uh, Strawberry Flavored Plastic. It uh, It's a found footage uh, mockumentary style. I think they really went the way of like Man Bites Dog or like um, uh, How to Be a Serial Killer or like Video X or something like that where it's, you know, a serial killer documenting what he does and why he does it, or like the last horror movie. Uh, except this one has no balls or bites at all to it. Um, there's maybe one or two scenes of gore. Most of it's all psychological. Um, the acting of it was pretty good, but it really didn't go anywhere, and it, it wasn't as clever as it thought it was. I, I spent most of my time really, really bored. Um, I did not enjoy it at all. Uh, so one star, wouldn't recommend it. Strawberry favorite plastic on Tubi uh, was it for me? That sucks. That stinks, you know, because everything you said sounded like it was pretty interesting until you said one star. <laughs> so I will, uh, well, will salute the, you and say thank you for watching that one, so that we don't have to. The thing about it was, you know, uh, a lot of those horror movies they when they do the found footage they they need to have a when the horror comes it it be shocking for it to work and like. I think you see one murder the entire movie and the rest is just like talked about or like hinted at. You see him beat up an old lady at a grocery store mm. and yell at some people. But like, if you've seen like man bites dog or, you know, like August underground or, you know, last horror movie and shit like that, Poughkeepsie tapes, this is like watching a G movie, you know? Fair enough. All those movies you listed, I love, but if you're saying this is nothing like those, watch then... those instead. Yes, watch those instead. Indeed, uh, one star strawberry flavored plastic on Tubi. Uh, Kelly, have you seen this one as well or no? I have not. 
I have not either, and I will not because one star means it's a pile of non-enjoyable dog shit. I like uh, the name. That's why I was like, "Cool, oh, I like that." You know, right? Yeah, it I kind of popped for the name as well. Yeah, yeah uh, it had a good name. They had a good cover, and you know, the description sounded like it'd be interesting, but nope. Fair enough. Uh, Killer Kelly, what you got for us, baby? Hicks. <laughs> I've been watching Ticks. <laughs> uh, 1993's Ticks. You can watch this on Tubi, Pluto, Roku, Freebie, all the good channels that are free. Um, I guess Vinegar Syndrome also has a release of this where they released some um, extra scenes that weren't in the version that I probably watched. But this was directed by Tony Randall. He did uh, Hellbound, the Hellraiser 2, and... I haven't seen this one, but Piranaconda. I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I think that's one of those sci-fi originals, like like Sharktopus <laughs> yeah. and all that, and Mega Croc. Makes sense. Makes sense. But this one is starring Seth Green, Clint Howard, and um, Carlton Alfonso Ribeiro from um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> all right, this movie is basically there's a bunch of troubled teens, you know, played by Carlton and Seth Green and a few other troubled teens, and they take them out of LA into the wilderness to um, go to some sort of troubled kid re re retreat. Um, Elf Carlton is the he's the badass of the group, you know, which is kind of funny. <laughs> his name Doesn't is. Does he Panic. have like a really goofy nickname or something? Yeah, his name is Panic. Because he don't. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they can take these troubled teens out to the wilderness, and they just happen to be out in the wilderness where somebody's growing a bunch of marijuana plants. Well, whoever's growing the marijuana plants, uh, Clint Howard, <laughs> um, is of course. spraying some shit on them that in order to make them grow bigger, it also is making the ticks grow big bigger. So, you know, it is what it sounds like. It's exactly what it is for the year, and it's fucking fantastic. Like, the ticks grow large. They start, you know, getting inside people and, like, look, grow larger, and it gets more and more ridiculous throughout the movie. Great practical effects. Um, it's exactly what you would expect for this time, for 1993, like, tick movie starring Seth Green and Carlton to be it's fantastic i give it a four i highly recommend it actually i had a lot of fun with this a lot of good one-liners yeah ticks very cool very very cool you said it's streaming on tubi yep tubi pluto roku freebie so all of yep. the above uh yeah all no excuse not to watch ticks surprisingly enough i have not watched ticks and i need to change that because this sounds like an extremely fun movie, and I do enjoy fun movies. Uh, Ruthless Chris, have you seen Ticks? Uh, I have. The reason I gave the extra laugh on that was when Kelly and I were trying to watch <laughs> Malum uh, the other day on her theater system that we had set up out back. Out of nowhere, she just started like thinking about camping, and she just yells, Ticks! Out of nowhere. <laughs> So the running joke has been just yelling ticks at her, and then she watches ticks. So I just thought that was funny. But yes, uh, I love this movie. Um, it's been a number of years since I've seen it, but I got the DVD. Um, it's what I watched a lot when I was younger. It really tickles that uh, urge of that practical effect monster movie with like that didn't take itself seriously, and it was in that like 
everyone talks about the 80s horror, but there was like a sweet pocket in the early 90s too. Mm-hmm. Like where like where like the tone was shifting a little bit, but like they were still making really fun and interesting stuff. And I think that one like this one really tickles that itch. And, you know, like it's amazing how many of these like high school horror movies Seth Green pops up in like over like a 12 year sp- like span of time. Like he was to that arcade movie I watched about like the killer computers and shit, you know, like it's He's in every goddamn thing. So, yeah, I, I give it three and a half, four. I love it. Yeah, this was apparently one of his first. Like, it was up there with one of his, like, first movies. So When uh when he first started out, he was getting kind of bounced around uh, full moon productions. And that's why he ended up in this and that. Like, they're all full, full moon movies. So, they just kind of put him in any teenage uh, uh, movie they needed. And there he went, you know. Yeah, hey. Carlton. Carlton stole the show, kind of, in this <laughs> panic, because I don't. <laughs> and I'm guessing that neither of them or any of the people playing teenagers were actually teenagers, or close to even being a teenager. They were kind of close. There was a yeah. few, but yeah, yeah, they were pretty close. Seth Green had to be pretty Honestly, young. Probably, because I think this was, like, right either pre-Fresh Prince or, like, right when Fresh Prince was starting out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It might be pre-Fresh Prince for how uh, yeah. he looks in this. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Well, I'll definitely have to check out Ticks. In the yeah. meantime, uh, I'm going to be talking about 1989's uh, Jaws ripoff. It is a, a wild uh, horror comedy that uh, Vinegar Syndrome just came out with a collector's edition of a little while ago. So I made my way over to check it out. It is called Blades. Uh, this is a wild movie because it's about a killer lawnmower that uh, like hunts people on a golf course. Uh, I didn't realize that like the tone of it a lot of times is either like it's full on comedy or like it's playing it really straight. And I just feel like it's got to be either totally campy or totally straight. It can't just keep switching gears. Um, and I didn't realize that it was about a killer lawnmower when I started it. I was just like, oh, well, Vinegar Syndrome put it out. It was originally put out by Troma. Uh, this is going to be a wild ride. And for the most part, uh, I enjoyed it until it just kept going and going and going. And, uh, you know, when a movie is an hour and 41 minutes and it feels much longer, it uh, doesn't really bode too well for the film. Uh, some of the humor was kind of misplaced because of the tone. Like it should have been overly campy and it would have totally sold. Uh, but you know, for Jaws ripoff, I did, uh, I did enjoy it, but not as much as I, uh, not as much as I thought I would. So I watched on Amazon prime and I would give it a two and a half stars. Uh, have either of you guys seen blades and what do you think about it? I have not. I have. Um, when I was younger, anything that was on Troma and I found out VHS, I would just fucking buy it. Um, so I had this as a young kid uh, on VHS. And yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's Charles a ripoff with, with a lawnmower. But it's it's got a lot of fun stuff going on for it. But yeah, it, do, it does slog on a little bit. Like it, it just goes a little long in the tooth on its concept. But for the uh, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I definitely watched it. I know it's on Tubi as well because I almost revisited it the other day. Yeah, I've seen a lot of trauma. That is not one I have seen. But yeah, some of them do kind of slog out longer than they should. You're like, Jesus, you went 
Yeah. Well, it's not an actual trauma movie. It's like one of the ones they buy, like Night, like Night Beast, or like gotcha. Wendigo, or Decapitated, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like, one of the one of the telltale signs that I should have been able to guess that it was a trauma film. Well, one of the selling points was that it was a trauma film. Um, was that it takes place in New Jersey, and you know a lot of their early films took place in New Jersey. So maybe like they were hoping the filmmakers, maybe they were hoping that if they to, if it took place in New Jersey, Troma would distribute it, and luckily that was the case. I'm just throwing darts here, though. It could that could be way off? Who knows? Yeah, I I know that they would just pick shit up for nothing back in the day and just put it all out, you know. Yeah, totally understandable. You know, you just want to get some product out there. And we see that a lot nowadays still, you know, you gotta, just oh, got to yeah. get some content out there for people to look at. Uh, but let's keep this terror train rocking and rolling. Mr. Ruthless Chris, what have you been watching, baby? Uh, my next one is also a found footage movie. But uh, this one was pretty different. And I I really fucking enjoyed it. Um, this is Incident at Loch Ness. By Werner Herzog. Um, did not know he made a found footage movie, let alone one about the Loch Ness monster. Um, the Loch Ness monster is fucking in this thing, and they they play it very straight faced, even though it is intentionally funny. You know, <laughs> um, Werner Herzog plays himself. He takes a um, group of marine biologists along with a busty woman to uh, host the thing out onto the Loch Ness to do a documentary on the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, Why they're out there, they actually find it, and it attacks their boat, and, you know, it's their fight to survive since then. I had no idea this thing existed. You know, you'd think that being a Werner Herzog movie, people would know more about it, especially since it stars him. Um, And I guess this was on the, uh, the heels of the Grizzly Man. He wanted to do something in that kind of in that style but not so fucking bleak you know and like that just leaves you like heartbroken at the end like grizzly man did uh this one's actually a lot of fun it's played very straight faced but it's intentionally funny kind of like butt boy it's not it's not that funny but but it has that same you know like present it like this is as as real as possible even though how ridiculous whatever's going to be around you gets um it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it's a it's a short watch. Uh, it's it's only like I think a uh, seventy eight minutes. I watched it on Tubi. Um, there's there's some decent uh, creature stuff, and actually, um, you know, when I'm bored at night, I'll like look up like paranormal stuff and like cryptid stuff. I saw scenes from this movie that people were trying to pass off as real Loch Ness uh, attacks on YouTube before, and I was like, oh, it's that fucking movie. But oh, they, they do look that good. Like they they made it look really really good so I yeah like I would I would definitely recommend it I'd give it like three and a half um, oh, yeah. definitely worth giving definitely worth giving uh your your time to so uh yeah check it out I'd like to watch one of those or a, a good Loch Ness you know like that shows the Loch Ness really well there's not many Loch Ness or cryptid movies like that with those type of Loch Nesses or, well what's what's great is they that it's it, there's no CGI. They did it all practical too. Awesome. So it looks. That's why it looks as legit as it does. You know. What was the name of this one again? Incident at Loch Ness. 
Very cool. Incident at Loch Ness, directed by Werner Herzog, which you had me at Werner Herzog directing yeah. a, a Loch Ness found footage film. And what did you say this was streaming on, Chris? Tubi. Um, Tubi. Yeah. Fantastic. Tubi, so I find every goddamn I'm going to check that one out. Yes, check out Incident Loch Ness, Werner Herzog on Tubi. Three and a half stars from your host, Ruthless Chris. Uh, how about you, Killer Kelly? What you got next for us? Oh, the next one! <laughs> I woke I like took a nap, and I woke up, and Tubi was still playing, and this one was just starting, and it was stupid, and I knew it was going to be stupid. <laughs> it, it delivered. This was ATM <laughs> from 2012. So yeah, this is ATM on Tubi from 2012. It's... <laughs> This is the era where movies started getting really, really dumb. Chris has been digging them lately, the early 2010s and shit. And, and this is one of those movies that take place all in one spot. Like, and this takes place in the ATM machine, you know? So you get, um, 2012. <laughs> so you get the, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. It starts out. Sorry, I got distracted by you guys talking about 2012. <laughs> We're not talking. <laughs> You're chatting. Anyway, anyway. Um <laughs> uh a bunch of co-workers they get together after a party. The one dude wants the girl, it's her last night there, but he's had eyes on her the whole town whole time and finally like finagles like, I'm gonna give this girl a ride home. So like he, he goes to take her home and his friends like Completely cock blocks him, like, no, man, I'm I'm supposed to ride with you. So on the way back, then he, like, his friend's a complete dick. Like, no, we need to get food. No, we need to drive 20 minutes that way because I'm staying here tonight. Like, completely cock blocking his friend. He eventually, he's like, I need to use the ATM. So they all go to the ATM, and um, one dude's taking too, too long. So they get out, you know, they all go end up in this little building. And this, like, dude is just standing out there. Like, some guy in a big furry suit. It's, like, five below that night, too, so it's super cold. And they're in, like, this little ATM station. But this guy's just out there, and they're like, what's this guy's problem? And they try paying him, and that doesn't work. And then somebody approaches, and he just smashes the guy's head open. So the whole movie is these idiots in this ATM thing making a bunch of dumb decisions, getting each other hurt, when they probably, I don't know, they could have got out of this scenario sooner than what it was. The end was a kind of a ridiculous twist ending. It's literally just this guy standing out this little ATM building that... I don't know, man. I don't think I'd recommend it. But it, it is exactly what I expected when I seen the name and the year. I'm like, oh, it's one of these. Fuck it, I'm gonna leave it on. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll give it a two and a half, though. I'll give it... It, it wasn't absolutely terrible. It made me laugh at a couple parts just because... Uh, not because it was funny, but it was it was funny. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, sometimes inten unintentionally funny movies are, are still enjoyable. Uh, so ATM, uh, where's this Tubi freebie? All of the above? Yep. Tubi? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it started off with you fell asleep and you woke up and it was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which well, I, I kind of love that story. I kind of yeah. love that story. What do you you know how Tubi to just plays until you stop it, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> it could be a torture device one day. You just put somebody, stab somebody in there, say something really bad, and then it just goes from bad to worse to worse to worse, <laughs> and they're forced to watch these movies because Tubi will never stop until you stop it. Right. That was my Tubi if they had my Tubi algorithm, they would be so screwed. I have my thing programmed to be the most insane fucking curation of things ever with all the crap I watch. Man, mine has gotten real weird with uh with Bigfoot Week and then Shark Week. Like now it's all it thinks that all I want to watch is like animal movies and like cryptids. Like literally my whole algorithm. It's fucking weird. I mean, that could be a premise for a movie in itself of torturing somebody by forcing them to watch Tubi until, like, their head explodes or, like, they're brainwashed into being, like, some psychopath. Uh, yeah, why don't we talk to the to Tubi and we pitch this idea to them? <laughs> Fuck that. Sponsor us, Tubi. We watch yeah. nothing goddamn movies. Right? What do we got to do to get Tubi to sponsor? Show us that Tubi love. But anyways, uh, yeah, watch, AT watch ATM on Tubi if you want to watch something silly and unintentionally funny. Sounds like a blast. I might it's have to check It's pretty dumb and ridiculous, and that's why it's funny. You know, just like, really? Really? The whole thing's... Oh, they did that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. You know what? It's funny, though, because ever since that came out on DVD, I did... I've always had a slight curiosity about yeah. it. Yeah. Just do um, it. Just the do next it. one I'm going to talk about one is watch. one... What's that? It's worth one watch. <laughs> it's worth one watch. You know, make it a one make it one and done. That's what I always say. One yeah. and done. Yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is actually a film that I, uh, once again, always been curious about since I was a kid, like a little kid, just because the artwork on the VHS cover is so stupendous. And uh, I'm glad that I finally got around to checking it out. It is 1987's Slaughterhouse Rock. Oh. oh my goodness gracious gravy what a wild movie and then uh realizing that it's st uh, it stars you know oh mickey you're so fine's tony basil and the soundtrack is by devo uh it's kind of mind-blowing uh now, if you don't know anything about this movie, it's uh, a man visits Alcatraz prison after having dreams about the people who died there. And when he gets there, his brother is possessed by an evil cannibal demon and the ghost of a female heavy metal singer who was killed there tries to help the man fight the monster. This is a wild ride from beginning to end. Uh, a lot of crazy dream sequences, which reminded me a lot, of course, of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it came ar out around the same time as the uh, the height of the Nightmare on Elm Street popularity. And I'm always a, I, I always pop real big for any sort of Nightmare on Elm Street knockoff. You know, I love bad dreams. Um, you know, anything like that. Uh, dreamscape. Uh, you know, things things where if you die in your dream, you gotta die in real life. So when I started watching Slaughterhouse Rock, uh, I got the collector's edition Blu-ray that Vinegar Syndrome came out with and, uh, you know, just everything about it, just it was amazing and a lot of fun. Uh, I was uh, a little let down that there's no, no killing until like the second or third act in this until they actually get to uh, Alcatraz, and even then, it, it kind of had a uh, Night of the Demons feel because everybody who got killed he came back to life, and they're all hunting each other. Uh, but it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it, like I hadn't seen it before. Now, it's streaming on Tubi, Plex, Freevee, 
uh, AMC Plus, and you know if it's on AMC Plus, it's probably on Shutter as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I gave it three stars. Uh, have you guys seen Slaughterhouse Rock? Yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, remember watched- anything about it? I remember bits and pieces. I remember I enjoyed it. I, I love those. I love a lot of like the rock. Didn't we do a? Didn't we? What? Didn't we do a? Yeah, we, a, we did. An episode. We did a. We did a, a metal themed episode, and that's when I watched it. Uh, so I had watched it recently. Yeah, it, I loved it. Slaughterhouse Rock was a great old time. I remember watching it years ago with you when me and you had a movie night that we picked out all rock movies. Yeah, like Black Roses, yep. and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what do you? How do you feel about Slaughterhouse Rock? Uh, you know, I loved it. Uh, like I said, I watched it recently. I don't know how long ago that was. We did the heavy metal themed but it was for that when i watched it um most recently like she said we watched it way back in the day but yeah it was it was a lot of fun uh there was some really cool like dream sequences and special effects were fun uh real goopy stuff yeah it's it's good stuff i like i plus i'm a sucker for a good heavy metal horror mm-hmm. movie especially those 80s style ones that they were just pumping out year after year for a while like rock and roll nightmare and fucking you know yeah. like like she said black roses and all that you know those those Super cheesy. Let's put Jan Michael Thor in a loincloth and give him a broadsword kind of fucking heavy metal <laughs> horror movie. So, yeah, I, I get that thing three and a half. I love it. And it is on Shutter. Three and a half from Chris. Uh, Kelly, from what you remember, how many stars would you give Slaughterhouse Rock? I don't remember a lot. I remember it being fun. I'm pretty sure we were probably drinking a little heavily that night back in the day. It would make sense. But I don't remember a lot. I don't know. I'm just going to trust Chris, Chris's judgment on that. I probably liked it enough to give it a three. three you know? Fair enough. And I three give it a three a as well. Check yeah. it out. You've got no excuses because it's streaming pretty much everywhere uh, and lots of free streaming services. So check out Slaughterhouse Rock if you get a chance to. Uh, Ruthless Chris, what do you got next for us, baby? Um, The last one I got, um, it kind of teeters on horror. There's a lot of horror in it. But it's, but it's probably my favorite I watched of the week. Um, it's a newer movie from 2019 called Villains by Robert Olson and Dan Burke. Um, I initially watched this because of the cast of it. Um, it stars uh, Bill Skarsgård, who I've been really enjoying lately. He's been doing a lot of cool stuff with Barbarian. Mm-hmm. It, you know, John Wick 4. Um, and then it had Jeffrey Donovan in it, uh, who played on this really cheesy spy show called Burn Notice I used to watch. But he was also in um, um, this prison movie I watched recently, too, uh, that was really good. Uh, but it, it's about this younger couple. They are kind of going on a robbery spree to get money together, to run away together to Florida. So, you know, they're putting on, like, like Halloween masks and, like, running into gas stations and emptying registers, you know? And while they're making their big getaway from their, their most recent robbery... Uh, Skarsgård character, uh, Mikey, uh, he never put gas in the car. So they end up running out of gas, like in the middle, middle of nowhere. And they're like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? And they find this house that's out in the middle of nowhere. They break in. There's a car in the, the, in the, uh, garage that they're going to try to steal and take off with. Well, why were they looking for the keys to this thing? And the, the homeowners are not home. They find a little girl chained up in the basement. 
And then it kind of really starts spiraling from there. And that's not me giving up a lot because I think they show that in the preview. Um, it happens pretty early on. Um, but the couple itself, they end up coming home and the 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 acting on them, um, like they they come off as like almost 50s, like very neighborly sweet people. Like like the the man's got like a paper thin mustache and he kind of has a, you know, like if you're keen on stealing my knife, well, go ahead, son. You know, like that kind of thing. And the the wife, you could tell, is very off. Um, she's always carrying around this baby, but you never really see the baby. Um, and it kind of spirals out of control from there. They realize that that they're not the most dangerous people there that the, this older couple is. And it's it's finding out the backstory of that. Survival, getting out of the house because it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, the acting in this thing is really top-notch. It's, it's pretty fucking funny even though it's uh, uh, gruesome at times, it has a, a sense of humor to it. Um, a very dark sense of humor. Um, I really like the tone of it. And uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, what was his name? Um, Jeffrey Donovan as George, the, the, uh, the elder husband in this uh, was fucking phenomenal in this thing. Uh, so I couldn't recommend it enough. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I gave it four and a half. Um, mm. Like it, it has the same tone as like "Come to Daddy," like it's a oh, very similar that. in tonality and style, and like where you don't really know what's going on most of the time, but like the conversations are so quirky and fun, and like offbeat, and like kind of gives you a little cringe humor and things like that. It it really draws you in and keeps you stuck there till the end. Yeah, very very cool. I remember watching this film, and uh, you know I don't remember too much about it, but at the same time, I just I just uh, quickly looked up my rating on the, the letterbox, and I gave it four and a half as well. So I'm assuming I loved it, uh, and uh, so if I loved it when I watched it, I would recommend it as well. <laughs> uh, Kelly, I'm guessing you haven't seen this one. I don't see what what was this called again? Villains. I have watched this. I've seen it on Hulu. Yeah, it's got the pink, the bright yes. pink case. Yeah, I watched it a while ago before we ever had the podcast. And when you were explaining it, I was like, yeah, yeah. I liked this a lot as well. I really enjoyed this one. I think I remember highly recommending it when I watched it. Yeah, four and a half stars. It's on Hulu, you said? Yes. Mm -hmm. Very cool. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out ASAP. And in the meantime, Killer Kelly, what you got for us? Last one, last one before we talk about the big H. Um, the next one I watched is also on Hulu. This is a newer one, 2022, written and directed by Bess Wool. Apparently, it is um, like her debut uh, movie. And so... Yeah, baby, baby Ruby. Um, this follows Joe. She's a French social media influencer, and her and her husband, who's a butcher, live in this beautiful house and everything. And she gets pregnant. She has the baby, and quickly, um, she quickly feels there's something wrong. Like it won't stop screaming. She's just like under the impression that this thing hates her. Like it kind of goes into a scene that's a lot like. Like Grace, where it like bites her boob and she's bleeding all over the place. It's, um, there's not a lot I can say about this movie because this is one of those ones that are better to go in blind. And I don't really want to ruin a lot, but it does seem like a big, um, 
allegory for like postpartum depression and stuff like that uh it kind of keeps you guessing like is there something wrong with the baby is it trying to eat her or or is there some cult shit going on so it kind of gets you like questioning that sort of thing it was decent um a little confusing at times like is this a dream sequence is this Uh, it had really cool visuals um there was some some decent gore it was more definitely more of a psychological horror than anything else a slow burn for sure um i don't know there was a couple times where i felt like it was gonna like lose me but then i like you know it picked back up and it was just it was a decent movie i'd give it a three sweet sounds like a fun one to watch have you seen this one chris uh i have not i almost watched it the other day this one's brand new right yeah uh 2022 but yeah, I, I think uh, whatever streaming service it was on, I I had hovered over it, read the description and stuff, and then moved on. But I think I added it to my queue. Yeah, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Definitely sounds like an interesting like watch, and with three stars. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. Why not check it out? Check it, check it out, Joe. But before we get into our celebration of all things Howard the Duck, I've got one last movie to talk about, and it's uh it's a double feature with Slaughterhouse Rock on the Vinegar Syndrome uh, double feature pack, which I don't know if they've done in a long time, but they did it. And uh, I'm thoroughly glad that they did because uh, out of the two films, this one I actually liked a little bit more. Uh, it is 1984's Hard Rock Zombies. Oh my goodness gracious. This was a crazy movie and I loved it uh, to a point. Um, especially out of the grave band of hard rock zombies they're thirsty to take their sweet revenge as they give the performance their lifetime that description does not aptly describe this crazy movie Um, yeah it's a horror comedy musical everything all of the above and yeah this uh, hard rock band and I, I guess that that term is used loosely because it's more of like just a a poofy haired pop band uh, in the mid '80s, and they're gonna get their big break playing in a small town in like Northern California, and they're supposed to be discovered that night. Uh, but you know, they stay at some crazy family's house, which is I think they're supposed to be like the Adams family, but then surprise, you know, that all of, everybody in the family is like serial killers or werewolves or and bigger surprise they're all nazis (laughs) and the town is like footloose town and they don't want anything they don't want any rock and roll being played in the town so they kill the band i mean that's the only logical next step you don't want rock and roll in the band you kill the band um but then the band comes back to life somehow because the underage girl that the singer has a crush on cries and wishes they came back so they come back and then they start biting the nazis and then the nazis come back and yeah it just keeps going and going and going uh once again this movie would have been awesome at like 30 minutes 40 minutes right when like the zombies kill the nazis you could have just or yeah you could have stopped the movie right there i've been like five stars all day um it, it, it kind of just keeps going and going. It's an hour and 38 minutes, and it feels longer than that, unfortunately. Uh, but I still gave it three stars because it's so much fun. And uh, whenever Phil 
Fundarko. I, I think I'm murdering that, but uh, if you know who that is, he's the uh, little person who is also in Ghoulies 2. He's in Troll. He was in a lot of movies in the 80s, little horror, um, low-budget horror movies, sci-fi fantasy films. Uh, so when I, I saw him in this, I popped definitely. And then it's just a real silly movie. Um, to me, it felt like House of a Thousand Corpses was probably inspired by this, at least somewhat, uh, just because of all the, the cinematography. There's a, a dancing zombie Nazi woman who's just started dancing in the street repeatedly. Some of the, uh, I'm guessing because of the, uh, the videography, the cinematography, it's very uh, music video-esque. And I know that's how Rob Zombie did uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, kind of quick cuts and weird angles. So it reminded me of that movie too, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, so three stars. Have either of you guys seen Hard Rock Zombies? I don't believe I have. Uh, no, but I almost, no, but I almost watched it on Shudder a couple times. It's on Shudder and Screenbox. Yep, Shudder, Screenbox, and AMC+. Plus. Uh, so if you don't feel like buying a hard copy from Vinegar Syndrome, there's definitely possibilities to watch it. Uh, you know, I think Screenbox and Shudder are the two leading horror streamers. And, uh, you know, it's also there on AMC+. Plus. Hard Rock Zombies, a good time to be had by all those involved. It is wacky. Uh, and speaking of wacky, We've got a doozy for you. A lot of people, this is a very, and, and it shouldn't be at this point in our lives, uh, very diver a divisive film. You know, it divides people right down the middle. You either love it, like myself, or you hate it, like communists do. Uh, we are going to be talking about Howard the Duck. It's 37 <laughs> years old on August 1st. 2023 and boy oh boy do i love howard the duck and now for our feature presentation uh i remember my older brother renting this movie when i was a kid and i walked in right when they were featuring the dark overlords of the world or whatever they're called and mm -hmm. i was scared crapless and uh yeah so that's why i do find it to be horror adjacent but uh this film flopped big time in 1986 and now it's grown to have a huge cult following and if you bring it up people either like i said they either love it or they hate it and if you're not familiar with howard the duck uh it is about a sarcastic humanoid duck is he's pulled from his home world which is like earth in a alternate dimension and uh, then a female rock singer and a nerdy scientist have wacky adventures trying to get him back to his world um i've i've already rambled on about how great this film is the cast and everything you guys tell us a little bit on your thoughts on howard the duck and how we're going to celebrate the 37th anniversary of howard the duck quack 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 <laughs> I have not seen this movie since I was, since we, real little we. Um, yeah, man, this is the first time I've seen it in a while. Uh, I didn't remember a lot of it. The <laughs> the bang in the duck scene was a little strange. <laughs> the rock star yeah, bang in the duck. Well there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the themes of bestiality are very strong. <laughs> yes. 
but yeah um yeah i don't know it's i think it it definitely picked picks up at the end it's a good time at the end how about you chris how what what are your feelings about uh howard the duck uh howard the duck is the tale of two movies to me all right um (laughs) now first off i had not seen this since i was probably like 12 13 years old yeah man i was young i didn't Everything I remembered about this movie all was from the first act. I remembered Tim Robbins running around. I remembered the big hair and the bands. I remembered mm-hmm. the really inappropriate sauna. Because, um, you know, like yeah. as a kid, I was like, I probably shouldn't be watching this, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like for a PG movie, it, it gets real sexual a lot of the time. Um, I did not remember anything about the, the Dark Overlords. Um the uh the wonderful um possession scene that goes down in the what is it a uh cajun hibachi sushi place <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where he just goes ham on like anything that's kitchen equipment and not people like there's there's like a minute and a half of him just like blowing up soda fountains and fryers and shit in Cleveland, um, doesn't this take place in Cleveland too? Nonetheless, it says Cleveland. I spent a lot of time in Cleveland, like all the time. And that ain't Cleveland, bro. <laughs> Fucking Cleveland. But uh, um, this is one of those things where I don't necessarily enjoy the first half of it all that much. The second half of it, I fucking love to death. Um, I think it has like a big, like. It, it teeters on is this a kid's movie or not because mm-hmm. it's wildly inappropriate at times but it's also wildly too silly for adults at times so i think that's actually probably why i had so much problems when it came out earlier because you know like there's a lot of kids humor and but the next thing you know there's a woman fucking a duck and they're in a rub and tug and like <laughs> literally like girls got their boobs out getting groped on like it's like <laughs> yeah it's like it's almost like they were going for the roger rabbit sort of like this could be for kids but but they took it a little too far <laughs> you know roger rabbit's a good way to describe this because it yeah. that seems yeah. like the tone they were going for where mm-hmm. as robert Ra- roger rabbit knew how to toe the line a little bit this i think this yeah. one like was like the the like the duck from dark man that's like the lighter where it used to be teetering yeah. back and forth back and <laughs> forth like that the end of this thing goes full roger corman um like uh, with the, the uh, the the what what are they? Galaxy Lords or Dark Lords of the Galaxy Dark or whatever. Lord. Those were some cool creature designs. Howard the Duck and his little weird fucking laser tank. Give me that all day. Uh, end with him shredding a guitar like he's Michael J. Fox in Back That's to the right. Future. All the fucking about it. Uh, it's just for some reason, just the first half of this has trouble like drawing me in. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I'm like. Yeah, fuck yeah, Howard the Duck. So, like, like I said, it's it's a tale of two movies to me, you know. Well, it, it's interesting, um, you know. I at the time, of course, I had no idea that Howard the Duck was based on a Marvel property. You know, when it came out, they didn't mention anything about being based on a comic book. Um, and then the Evil Overlord, you know, specifically is based on. Uh, his full title is Thog the Nether Spawn Overmaster of Samanus. I mean, the, <laughs> obviously, 
you can't have that in a movie that is rated PG, uh, is marketed more of like a kid's movie. And like you said already, it is more of a, um, it's more of an adult themed movie, uh, which would play excellent on a double feature with Roger Rabbit. Uh, the best way I could, uh, I was thinking about this when I was watching it. It's kind of like Blues Brothers meets E.T. You know? yeah. You get a. I can see that. I can a, see that. An outer outer Blues space. Brothers, Blues Brothers meets ET with like freaked thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just you know the 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 chases are wild. The chase scenes are wild. Uh, the soundtrack is great. I love the soundtrack uh, personally, and of course any movie with like Hollywood punks or punk yeah. rock in it, I pop for immediately. Um, and I remember I watched this uh, a couple of years ago, a 70 millimeter print of it at a music box theater. I think that was the first time I noticed that uh, Leah Thompson's character, Beverly, has a circle jerk sticker on her guitar case. And I was just like, oh, my God, punk rock, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it's such a fun movie. And uh, it, it's funny that um, George Lucas lost his ass on this movie so bad that he started oh, yeah. he started selling off properties and at that time he had newly launched a cgi animation a division and uh that had turned into pixar just to save his ass he lost pixar so wow. it is wild like how this has come full circle that people still love this move that people I mentioned it, uh, you know, last night when I was watching it, and people just like hitting me up. Oh my god, that movie's so great! It's so much fun. Blah blah. blah. I have the Blu-ray. I met, but you look up who played Howard the Duck, and there's like, mm-hmm. like at least two or three different actors. Somebody doing the voice. There was like a million different people working the eyes and the robots. If I if I read correctly, uh, just Howard the Duck, like the suit cost. Two million dollars at that wow. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That piece of shit. Right. So, um, so like, was this plastic and painted? Like, I'm, I'm sure everybody, I'm, I'm sure everybody saw the uh, after credit scene in it's either Guardians of the Galaxy one, I think it's part one, where Howard the Duck makes a cameo. And I'm sure that that cost uh, considerably less than the fully animatronic suit and eyes <laughs> of the $2 million 1986 Howard the Duck. Uh, although I did great. get really excited seeing that cameo and hoping for a new Howard the Duck movie, because that would be incredible. Um, there's so many great references in the movie, too. Everything from um, a big one that repeats a couple times is uh is um raiders of the lost ark <laughs> like there's multiple references to raiders of the lost ark like there's a uh, a poster on the wall where there it's like a duck version of it and oh I yeah, just, yeah i just love like they kind of poke fun of george lucas's films uh even like the opening when they're talking about and then there was howard the duck is kind of like the intro yeah. to the original star wars um so you know i am a big fan of poking fun of star wars so that you know i love everything about uh how campy and how much fun howard the duck is 
and uh, and how much the dark overlords really did scare me and it's interesting to see all the different people that uh did uh, audition for the roles of beverly you know everybody from lania quigley to tori amos um it's crazy to think you know how different this movie would be if you had a lania quigley playing beverly you know what i mean and now she was glad that she didn't get the role it's like uh come on you know yeah i love return of the living dead and i love um everything Linnea Quigley's been in. But I mean, if she was in Howard the Duck, that might've been actually a good stepping stone for her. What do you guys think about the cast of this movie? Tim Robbins uh, killed it. Everybody was pretty amazing. Could yeah, you guys talk Leah, about the cast a little bit? Leah Thompson killed it. Like I think um, her in this movie, you don't think so? Shake your head. I think she did great. I think she was a giant ham in this thing. And I don't mean that like terribly, but I wouldn't call her performance killing it. I would call it very over the top and loud. And my favorite thing was just how big is her hair going to be in the next scene? Because it does progressively get fucking bigger to the end. It's just like this giant, like fucking Bobby cut. That's like a foot out from each side of her head. I mean, the whole movie's kind of over the top, so like it fit. Like her, she. I don't know. I think. I think she. Pulled, I think it was good. I do. Um. It. It's one of one of my favorite things about Tim Robbins that not a lot of people remember is that he started out like doing like Second City and Saturday Night Live and stuff. He was a comedic guy. He did stand up and all that. So it's always I always like seeing him when he pops up in comedic roles. So he, I I really enjoyed him in this. Like when he popped up in the Tenacious D movie and he was like the guy, like he was crippled. But he's like, come here so I can stab you. And they're like, we're not coming over there, dude. Like, I really enjoy <laughs> him in comedic roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's kind of good for him because he got to like really like lean into like the nerd vibe he puts off and all that. You know, like you would you would you would hard believe that's the same guy that was in, you know, Jacob's Ladder, you know. So it's it's cool to see him in those roles. I did enjoy Tim Robbins. Um, I got to look up his name. The guy that played the. um He's a, a famous character actor. He's the guy that gets uh, possessed by the the Dark Lords and like slowly turns into him. He's in a Jeffrey lot of Jones. movies. Jeffrey yeah. Jones? Yes. Yeah, he's in Beetlejuice. He had some like bad scandals uh, in the early 90s, which is why you don't really like see much more of him. Really? I didn't know that. You know, because I was yeah. about to say too, Jeffrey Jones did this the same year as he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I think, I think is some- amazing like child porn or something or something with like paying h uh a younger somebody to you should look that up before you speculate on it (laughs) i i read it earlier today actually okay just just like you know like that's not something you should like be spitballing like like, if it's it's down that lane you better but no no like look look him up there's there's some scandal behind him like surrounding i might not have all the details correct but it has something to do with photography and somebody underage. Well, like Fair I was enough. saying, I I normally enjoy him as a character actor. I, you know, I did remember mm-hmm. from stuff like Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah. I really loved him in Ravenous, which is one of my favorite underappreciated horror movies. Oh, yeah. uh, so it was fun to see him. Like, I forgot he was in this. And then that he got to go so, so over the top and be like the this possessed guy whose face just keeps getting more and more disfigured. And he gets wetter and wetter by the scene. Until the end, where he's just dripping slime before he turns into this giant, yeah, the thing yeah. style monster. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Scandal aside, I'm just talking 
No, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about this scandal when I watched the movie. I was just like, this guy from fucking Beetlejuice. I didn't read, I, I didn't like read too many details, but as I was watching this movie, I was like, I heard, to, isn't that the dad from Beetlejuice? I remember reading something and then I just kind of looked and I was like, oh, yep, it is him, you know? So, yeah. It's funny, though, that you mentioned how big Leah Thompson's hair was because uh, I read earlier as well that, uh, you know, the hair and makeup people spent two hours before shooting on her hair that is crazy that is a lot of time to spend on one person's hair for a movie uh but i appreciate that uh (laughs) she she says that looking back on the film she would have much preferred to have just worn a wig than to spend two hours on that um and it's also funny that Jeffrey Jones playing this character, because a lot of the special effects that they used reminded me of the Disney movie, Mr. Boogity. I don't know if you guys remember Mr. Boogity at all. No. I do vaguely, vaguely remember Mr. Boogity. It was on, like, Saturdays, wasn't it? It was a, it's a, it was a Disney movie that came on Sunday night. Um, yeah, it was, like, one vaguely. of their Sunday night specials. But it, it scared the crap out of me. So seeing a that- similar effect being used on uh dr walter jennings uh was uh terrifying to me as a kid and definitely um stuck with me you know and uh i fully appreciated that though you know because people people like to go on and on about how bad this movie is but i really i I really can't put it into that category because it does have that fun road movie of blues brothers it does have some really great quirky comedy uh it does have a sci-fi fantasy but like you could see james gunn redoing this and making it a superb adult uh (laughs) comic book movie you know like he did with guardians of the galaxy or suicide squad or any of those films where james gunn just takes a, a like an odd uh property and turns it into a major franchise um and I also love the uh, it, it works so well. You know, they they said that the the comic that it was based on was actually more adult oriented. Like it was, uh, uh, you can tell. Yeah, who? What's the one? That, what's the guy that looks like Spider Man, but he's really prof- uses a lot of profanity. Uh, you know, he's got black and red. Venom? No. Carnage? Oh, uh, no. Deadpool. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Peapod. Yes, they said that <laughs> it was supposed to be similar to Deadpool, uh, yeah. the the humor in the original book, and that they had to tone it down a lot for the PG rating. So even though you see uh, some duck titties and a grimy massage par- parlor and some uh, wild um, special effects, I also love the the barbecue italian sushi place that makes me laugh uh yeah everything about this movie i just love from beginning to end uh i give it five stars all day long without any sort of remorse you can watch it on amazon prime if you've got amazon prime if not you can buy the movie a hard copy really cheap um you guys what kind of star rating would you give the 37th anniversary of howard the duck I did want to chime in. Um, I did notice that Prime is taking it off in three days. So oh, by shit. the time this comes out, it will not be up there. I think they just gave it like a two-week run for just this. So I just wanted to point that out. But um, 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, like I said, the first half, not so much as the second. Uh, so I can't give it the glowing five stars that Jerem is. And I could see him just just laser beaming me with his eyes right now, <laughs> wanting to murder me. But uh, I, I give it three. I was also going to say three. I'm sorry, Jerem. I don't have the... I don't have the roots in it like you had, but I, it is an enjoyable movie and it is a classic and it's definitely a product of its times. You know, if it might have been something I was more familiar with and watched more over the years, I might be as like, like in love with it as you are. Talk to me about the burbs because that's how I am with that. <laughs> I could, I could see uh, watching the burbs and this. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I love the burbs <laughs> as well. Uh, but I, I am a huge Howard the Duck mark, absolutely. Um, so, but yeah, totally understandable. Three stars isn't bad. Uh, you know, I gave Slaughterhouse Rock and Hard Rock Zombies three stars, so I'm not mad at you about that at all. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm so I'm sad to see that it won't be streaming on Amazon Prime, uh, in a couple days. Um, but yeah. Well, after I got done watching it, it, it said uh, leaving Prime in three days, like up by the t- the corner. I was like, "What the fuck?" I know they just put it up. Fair enough. Well, you can get a. Uh, I'm sure you can get a physical copy for pretty cheap. And if you really want to watch Howard the Duck on streaming, uh, you could uh, you could definitely rent it on Amazon as well. But that's about it for this episode, and we're gonna wrap it up. And who knows what we're going to be watching, what we're going to be talking about next week. We may have a guest. We may be talking about a movie. What do you guys think? Uh, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an in-depth, uh, uh, insightful, deep-dive look at the world of slap fighting and what its, it's uh, effects on, on the modern landscape in today's world. Yeah, we're just changing the podcast. Changing formats. Time. <laughs> changing it up changing Keep formats slap fights from here on out slap fights nothing but slap fights and monster energy drink slapping your grandpa's fat dong oh my god <laughs> slapping that dong anyways any last words for the people out there in real vile land have a good night keep it sleazy have a good night and keep it sleazy. And of course, from your old pal, Mr. Germ T. Ripper, I'm going to say keep it creepy, keep it spooky, keep it real vile forever. God bless America and send news. Ah.